My name is Christian Puckett. This is Peacekeeper. Hi, everyone. Today is Thursday, January 12th. And should I be doing a podcast right now? I'm not really sure, but here I am. Uh, So our due date, Emily's due date, is the 14th, which is in two days. And man, she's ready to go. I think we're both ready to go. It's just sort of a waiting game from here on out. Um, but things are starting to progress. Uh, she's starting to get cramps. I, I believe they're called Braxton Hicks cramps. They're sort of practice, like smaller trial contractions. I don't, I don't know. It's just your body getting ready for the big game. Um... There's other some like there's some other stuff, uh, maybe a little bit TMI, but things are starting to progress. So I'm going to be I'm done with work for now. I'm going to I'm technically scheduled until Saturday, but I'm just going to call out for my next two shifts. And I mean, I'm sure they'll understand. Right. Uh. Yeah, we're both really, we're excited. We're we're excited. Uh, I'll probably be on a little bit of a time crunch today because I was just like, all right, well, Emily, hear me out. Since, <laughs> since we were kind of expecting to, I mean, it could happen at any second, right? Uh, but Thursday rolled around. Here it is. And no labor yet. So I was like, hear me out. What if? Just give me 30 minutes to do this podcast, please. I need it. I don't need it, but I need it, you know? Um, so she is running to Buffalo Exchange really quick. She's got a gift card, and she might go grab a cup of coffee. And this is my inn. We just walked the Botanical Gardens this morning. A uh, nice little two-mile walk, hit hit the aquarium afterwards. Uh, Apparently, walking can induce labor, so we're going to be walking as much as possible. Man, two days. Um, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. (laughs) Aesop is... Maybe he he can tell that something's, something's happening. He's starting to... I think he gets it. Uh, we'll be like, Aesop, where's your baby brother? And he'll go point to mama's stomach. Or we installed the car seat the other day. And we're like, Aesop, where's where's little Ira? Where's your baby brother going to sit? And he'll point to the other stroller. Um, Aesop is coming online. Yeah, it's pretty awesome just to see him starting to understand stuff. Um, Like, I'll be like... <laughs> My water bottle will be across the room in the kitchen. I'm like, Aesop, where's my water bottle? Where's Dada's water bottle? I can't find it. <laughs> and then he'll go on a little 
It's just so cute. And he'll bring me my water bottle and he'll give me a smile. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Ugh, sweet little boy. All right. Well, since I've got limited time today, and honestly, I wasn't expecting to do a podcast today. Um, but I really want to be consistent and that's important to me. Uh, even if it's, you know, short and sweet. So I was just kind of scrambling this morning of just like, well, if I did do one, what would I talk about? And (laughs) I wrote down three things. I wrote down Aesop's birth story. I wrote down my life story. (laughs) And I wrote down self-consciousness. Three topics that I could talk about. Uh, So here we go. I'm going to talk about, hmm, which one should I start with? I'll start with self-consciousness. Why not? Okay. Am I a self-conscious person? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I am a self and I have a consciousness (laughs) and I'm self-aware and I can be self-critical. Um, I think I used to not, I, I, yeah, I definitely used to not be self-conscious. Uh, as a kid, as a teenager, like I would do some, I wonder if, well, maybe not all kids are that way, but I think just being young and naive lends itself to being a little bit more self-conscious or a little less self-conscious than somebody who's a little bit more mature. But I used to do like the antisocial videos and that's really putting yourself out there. Like we would, I guess for people that don't know, I used to do uh, YouTube prank videos. (laughs) Oh, so embarrassing. Uh, back in the day with Levi Martinez, Levi Lobo. And we, we actually took it pretty seriously. You know, uh, we, we did it for like two years. We probably made over a hundred videos. Like we would post weekly. Uh, we built up a, a relatively decent following. Uh, we collabed with some of like the (laughs) biggest pranksters on YouTube at the peak. Um, uh, we, yeah. So like a couple of our videos got like, you know, hundreds of thousands of views. We had over a million views total on all of our videos. We were in a few other people's videos that had like millions of followers and subscribers and stuff. So, oh my goodness. What if you're, (laughs) what a game to be in is the YouTube prank world. Um, we don't, yeah, we don't do that anymore. Uh, we, I think we did that in like 2015, 2016, 17, some, somewhere around there. I don't remember, but that was like years and years and years ago. And I would really just make a fool of myself and put myself out there and get myself in the most uncomfortable and awkward scenarios like we would go to campuses you know we would go to UNM or we would go uh, to 
anywhere, right? We would go do drive-through videos and stuff like that. We would we went to like UCLA and asked people for piggyback rides and offered people piggyback rides and would like ask girls out while our voice was cracking and just like stupid dumb stuff and hey, <laughs> but I feel like there was a little bit of important lessons to be learned from like doing that kind of stuff. Um, I would never do that stuff now, honestly. I think I have too much pride or I I don't know. I don't like making people feel uncomfortable anymore. Um, but anyway, self-consciousness. Um, I guess it's just like a constant battle. I think I will say recently... I've started to gain a lot more confidence in myself. Um, I, I probably, that's something I probably will always be working on is my self-confidence. But I think as I'm getting older, I'm realizing, you know what? Maybe I've got it together a little bit more than I give myself credit for. Uh, especially when I look around at other like people around my same age or see, it's tough. Like in the real world, I can compare myself to people and I feel pretty good. But then online, you're competing with the entire planet. So it's, it's easier for me to be self-critical when I'm comparing myself to people that are on social media platforms, you know, have big followings, are awesome creators, or doing really cool things, or going to, like, uh, you know, taking their education seriously, or, I mean, yeah, it's comparison, right? That's, it's a tough, that's a tough, that's a tough lesson to try to overcome, is comparing yourself to others. What's the saying? Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to other people. Something to that effect. Like, don't look to the left or to the right, but look only at yourself and where, like, how far you've come. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good sound bite right there, huh? Um. So yeah, I've definitely gained a little bit. I've gained yeah a lot of self confidence. Um, in the last two or three years. I think having testosterone in my system really for the first time has has helped a lot in that. Um, I would I would never I wouldn't say that I've been the most masculine person or like you know manly whatever just growing up and stuff. Uh, and then I think going through like my health problems when I was essentially just from age 21 to 24, 25, uh, that really tanked my self image, uh, my confidence. I mean, it tanked my physical body, my mental body or my mental well being. 
And so since I've sort of emerged from that and since I've started, like, it's kind of interesting. I could, I, I remember a couple of years ago just being like, whoa, the, I think I, f- I feel testosterone in my body. That's really interesting. Um, Cause I had never really felt that before. Um, and that comes from, I mean, there's a whole bunch of, everybody's got opinions on like how to boost testosterone and how important testosterone is for your health and stuff like that. And I think from good ways to boost testosterone is by doing very physically demanding stuff. Um, and also just sort of like basic maintenance, like obviously sleeping well and eating well and, um, yeah, working out a lot. Those will naturally boost testosterone in males and in females too. Um, but anyway, I think, yeah, having testosterone or maybe just more adequate levels of testosterone, obviously I had some before, but, um, higher levels of it. Um, and then obviously taking care of myself, eating well, um, all that stuff has contributed to me being more confident in myself. Um, I'm, I can get down on myself pretty easily if I let myself, but also I realized that that is sort of a mindset that is overcomable. Um, and it's always a work in progress. So I'm going to continue to try to not compare myself to others. I'm just going to keep my head down, focus on what's in front of me, focus on myself, focus on my family, focus on what is best for us. And yeah, that's sort of all I have to say about that self-confidence. Uh, self-consciousness yeah it, if, if a person can look can learn to overcome the anxiety of putting themselves out there or i mean look at me i'm like grabbing my skin right now <laughs> just like all tense i'm not actually stressed out right now but i think i think when i'm just sitting here literally talking to a camera like with a mic in front of my face i don't know what to do with my hands anyway Okay, yeah, self-consciousness. Yeah, all right, I'm going to move on. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm going to tell a Christian Puckett life story highlights. Um, So let's see, I was born in 1995. I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico on i think it was a presbyterian hospital on like irving and golf course somewhere over there i don't remember i grew up as a rio rancho kid my parents really liked rio rancho my dad worked at intel my mom uh did like real estate stuff out there um i think she did a whole bunch of different things uh like she was a florist at one point she i don't know also you know whatever i don't (laughs) sorry mom 
um, I'm not doing you justice. Uh, but anyway, my parents really loved Rio Rancho. And so we hopped around from house to house to house to house to house to house because, yeah, my parents kind of did like house flipping and um, had rental properties and all that. So we would, I think from the houses that I can remember, I lived in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, I think nine or ten different houses growing up. Uh, there was times where all four kids were <laughs> were sharing one room. Uh, that was that was a fun time, right? We had just four mattresses on the floor, <laughs> but that was the, not like oh my goodness, we were like times are tough. But like I think it was like we were my parents were building a really nice house. And it was just sort of a temporary thing, but, um, yeah, we, I mean, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a sad situation. It was just sort of a funny situation. Uh, but yeah. And then, so, uh, my, my two, (laughs) yeah, I'm just going to go for it. Sorry. Uh, my two older sisters did music and that was sort of the family calling was music and so i started playing i think my dad tried to get me to play guitar when i was like pretty young and maybe i just didn't click with it uh but i remember getting a drum set when i was like eight or nine years old uh like a little pre-built 300 hundred dollar starter drum set pacific think that was the brand uh and that was fun because that was just like loud right you're just like smashing cymbals and busting drums with your wooden sticks and you get to make as much noise as possible so that's fun so i played drums growing up uh and then we put together a little sibling family band um me, Elle, and Shailene. And let's be honest, it was mainly them. And I was just sort of like, Christian wants to join too. Christian can play the drums. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was like super in love with music or just like was born to be a musician. But it was a pretty big part of my upbringing, a part of my childhood. So, yeah, we did that. And Shailene and Elle, obviously, they, they, they took it pretty seriously. Uh, they ended up getting signed to Tooth and Nail Records when they were pretty young. Uh, they ended up moving to Nashville. We, we went on a lot of tours, um, which I sometimes sort of forget. Uh, the amount of touring I did when I was like 15 to 17. <laughs> like we went on Warp Tour uh, in 20... Wait, was it 2010? Yeah, I was... Okay, so that was... Yeah. <laughs> so 
sorry, I'm getting my dates all mixed up here, but it, we went on Warp Tour in 2010. So I was 15 years old. And around that time, we also went on a couple, a few other like national tours uh, for months. <laughs> we would do these like two month long tours, just hitting every single state, every single. Like I've been, I've traveled to every single state in America except Alaska. Uh, we went to Hawaii when I was like younger. We didn't play a show there, but that was just vacation. But yeah, um, so I got to like kind of be a part of this like really random, obscure like scene of like <laughs> it was kind of like a hardcore Christian rock scene, just because they were signed to Tooth and Nail, which is like a Christian rock label. Uh, so yeah, did that. And then the girls ended up moving to Nashville and that was at the time where I was entering the age of like, okay, I just graduated high school. I should probably either go to college. Also, I have a girlfriend here. Also, I'm not that passionate about playing drums and poema. <laughs> right. Like, like at that time they were singing songs about like cute boys and i don't know <laughs> it's like not my not my not my shit not my style so i opted to stay behind uh go to unm and become a youtube prankster yeah <laughs> sometimes i can just look at my life and i don't know sometimes it's tempting or luring to feel sadness right because you're just like oh my goodness what is my life and <laughs> when you just think about how big the world is and how big the universe is and how minuscule your life is and how unimportant the things that you thought were important were like in retrospect and all of that just like goes away and it's just like life is not, I'm constantly being just reminded that life is just not what I thought it was. It's something completely different. Not to say that it's sad um, going forward, but when I think about the past, I could just be like, oh my goodness. Anyway, that's kind of going off tangent. Um, but yeah, so I started, I, I opted to stay in New Mexico. So I've actually technically never left the state of New Mexico. I mean, like moved out of the state of New Mexico, um, which is kind of, you know, I kind of do wish that at one point I had moved away only to come back, I'm sure. But I, I mean, at some point, right, I'm not going to live here for the rest of my life, but we're pretty locked in at the moment. Uh starting a family, bought a house. Um, uh, yeah, it's just not really <laughs> realistic. We could do it, right? Uh, some people do. And, man, that takes a lot of courage. Um, but it's not like I plan. Like maybe New Mexico will always be a home base. And, you know, it, it will. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about that. New Mexico will always be home base. But... Right, in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, it would be cool to, 
like once the kids are old enough and maybe done uh, or like moved out or going to school or something, I would love to travel. That's if I can plan on traveling once my kids are, you know, off to college or something, that'd be great. Cause I feel like I've traveled a lot in America, but I want to do international travel. I've been to Puerto Rico once for a poema show. <laughs> uh, and that was really cool, but that's still technically in the United States, right? That's like a U.S. territory. So I don't even have a passport. So Emily and I are going to be done having kids by the time, by the age of her being 30 and I'll be 29. That's the plan, right? Nothing ever, I mean, that could get upended, right? I mean, that's just, humans try to plan and God laughs. Um, but that's our general plan if possible is to be done having children by the time we hit 30. I'm 27 right now. Also, I need to remember that I'm young. I really am. Uh, sometimes I feel old and I do honestly feel a little bit more mature for my age, but still I'm very young. Um, I'm not one of those people that's like, I'm old, I'm getting old. Like, yo, I'm 27, right? I just said yo, right? <laughs> like, I think I'm technically a Zoomer. Some, like, depending on your interpretation of a, who Gen Z or like when Gen Z starts. I was born in 1995 and some people say that that's the cutoff. Some people say 1997. Who knows? Who cares, right? I'm 27. I'm young. I hopefully and potentially have a lot of life that, life left in me um and honestly just a few years ago i wasn't thinking that i was gonna make it to like even middle age like i was like if i could even make it to 50 <laughs> like that would be incredible right because i didn't have like a good outlook like my trajectory didn't look good a few years ago but now I just, if I could become a grandparent, oh my goodness, that would be just absolutely phenomenal. Um, that's a that's a good goal to aim for, becoming a grandparent. Anyway, so uh, if all goes to plan, then I will be done raising children by the time I'm in my late 40s, right? Because if I'm 29, by the time we have our last kid, and if that kid moves out when they're like, you know, between 18 and 20, then yeah, like that's a solid 20 years. So maybe by the time I'm 50, I, who knows, right? I'm just like, I'm going to look at myself when I'm 50 and be laughing. Uh, obviously I'm not even going to be listening to this or remembering this, but who knows? Maybe I will. Uh, that will be my time to shine. Right. I also, I am viewing my life right now that I have not yet peaked. I plan on peaking in my thirties and my, and in my forties, hopefully my fifties too. Right. Um, I feel like I'm on an upward incline and that the 
that the best has still yet to come for me. Um, okay, I was talking about my life story, right? So where was I? Um, yeah, okay. So I decided to stay here, not move to Nashville. Uh, ended up moving in with some roommates when I was 18. So I moved out when I was 18 uh, into a house with homies. A uh, bunch of roommates. We had like a cool cabin type spot. Man, I told you just like glossed over so much (laughs) i just went straight from like being an eight-year-old drummer to yeah yeah i mean what else as being a kid right i mean um i did like online high school that was kind of a bust um that's a big regret of mine is doing online high school um also went to private school, and, you know, okay, yeah. Schooling has never been, me and schooling have never been on the same page. And sometimes I imagine my life where I just kind of went <laughs> to like a regular middle school, high school, went to a college, but... um yeah, that was those cards were not dealt for me. Who cares? Whatever. Here I am right now. I can choose to go back to school. Um, I can do whatever I want, right? I'm an I'm an adult now. Obviously, I'm not like stunted by any, you know, like I I can read, I can write, blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> that's basically right. I mean, elementary school is basically just daycare. It's not. I don't even know what the hell I'm saying. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm going all over the place. I did go. I, I got so. I, yeah, I said I went to UNM, but I dropped out after like three semesters because uh, school sucks. UNM sucks, and dropped out to do <laughs> videos. And then uh, later, though, I did. I did go back to school. So I I went back to CNM. And got an associate's degree in business. So, yeah, I'm very well off. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Sometimes I feel like it was just a throwaway degree. But then my parents always swoop in. They're like, no, it's great. (laughs) You're one kid who hasn't... (laughs) degree of any kind and it's an associate's degree in business whatever anyway uh yeah so schooling has i don't know sometimes i have seasons of being really inspired to go back and i do want to go back but i just want to be all in if i'm going to go back and i want to get like an actual like stem degree um like uh, New Mexico has the New Mexico New Mexico Opportunity Scholarship, something like I don't know, whatever it's called, but it's essentially free tuition for New Mexico residents. So I need to, I really need to look into that a little bit more. 
Okay, uh, ended up moving into a couple other different houses with roommates. Again, this is the time I'm, or this is where I'm like 18 to 21. Uh, you know, I got a fake ID uh, so I could go to bars when I was 19, 20. That was super cool. <laughs> got into some trouble, not real trouble. I was never like, I was not a troublemaker. I really, I like. I kind of surrounded myself with like a few people that were a little bit more prone to getting into trouble. But me myself, I was actually, I was always really uncomfortable, like breaking the law or doing anything that I wasn't supposed to. Um, and then yeah, so around that time. I was like 21, you know, started having health issues and that whole thing. I already talked about that, though. Um, and then realized that I was like, okay, I've got to get married and get into like a place of my own. So, Emily and I got married. I think I was 20. Was I? T I wasn't 21. I was 22. <laughs> Yeah, I was 22. Wow, that's that's good for me. We got married at the top of the Indian school, <laughs> the Indian school ditch. Or yeah, is that what it's called? Indian school ditch. Yeah. Uh and that we got so we got married right at sunset and then all the homies just like hit the ditch afterwards on our skateboards and longboards. It was a vibe, right? Um yeah, what a different time, different season. And then I moved in. Uh, Emily and I moved into a loft sort of in west downtown Albuquerque. Spent a few years there. Uh, and that was me really just focusing and going all in on figuring out my health. It was like that three-year period at the lofts. And then we bought our house in 2020. And... Um, I had Aesop in 2021 and then there was COVID and that whole thing. Oh my goodness. Don't want to get this podcast put on a bad list. So I might have to bleep that out. Um, and yeah, now it's 2023. And baby number two is due imminently. So I guess that's my life story, right? I mean, if I had to just like blast through it in under 10, 15 minutes. Um, I'm very happy with my life. I'm content with where I'm at. Um, I do... I always want to keep pushing myself to learn and to experience new things and um, I guess sort of talking about what I was talking on earlier about like putting myself in uncomfortable situations when I was younger. Um, I think that stuff's important. Um, I think it's important to not be stagnant in life. I think it's important to always be trying new things 
to be listening to new things, you know, listening to new perspectives, reading. Of course, when I say this, I'm not saying this from a place of like, I'm doing this and everybody else should do it. I'm like preaching to myself, right? Like I fall victim to not wanting to like push past what I'm comfortable with. Um, but just from like seeing older people or talking with older people, um, I don't know. I feel like you can just see people that are balanced in life. Um, anyway, sorry. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but, um, yeah, that's, that's a goal of mine is to never get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm done learning. I'm done stretching. I'm done training. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Aesop's birth story. Should I talk about that? I'll just, I'll just do it really quickly. It's not going to be a long drawn out thing. Uh, okay. So it was rewind to February of 2021 and Aesop is due in 10 days. And then Emily's walking into work and her water breaks. And so we go to this natural birthing center here in town called Darlu's. I hope this camera is still recording. Um, and so in order to birth a Darlu's, uh, like if your water breaks early, then you have 24 hours to be in active labor or else your your chances of infection of infection goes up after the 24 hour mark. So uh, we were really trying to just like do everything we can to like kick labor into gear because, uh, yeah, her water broke early. So that that's probably not what you want. Um, and so we did like castor oil, we did, or she did pumping and we went on long walks and stuff, uh, didn't kick in. So we went back 24 hours later to Darlu's and they're like, yeah, you're not far long enough, unfortunately. So you're gonna have to go to UNMH. So we go to UNMH and they put Emily on Pitocin, which is like the synthetic version of the hormone that kicks labor into gear. And so they started like slowly ramping it up over the course of like one hour, two hours, three hours. Um, and I don't think her or I really realized that in the moment, but like that sucks like to get on Pitocin. Like that's like external interventions that your body is not prepared for. And it's essentially forcing your body when it's not ready. But her water broke, so it's like it kind of had to happen. Um, but overall, like it was not, I mean, <laughs> this isn't me saying this, of course. Yeah, it was no big deal. She was fine. Um, it could have been way worse, right? I mean, childbirth is a scary thing in general. But all things considered, obviously it sucked for Emily. But it went relatively smoothly for like the cars we were dealt. Um, 
Emily, if you disagree with that, you're welcome to <laughs> come on and challenge me. But from an external perspective, it looked like Emily handled it, handled it really well, really, really well. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, went to UNMH and then I think by the like midnight of that night, so we were there for like 12 to 15 hours, gradually increasing the Pitocin and then right around midnight, uh, the contraction started getting really, really bad. And so she did like one round of pain killers or pain, pain relievers, IV and I think that kind of just gave her body just like a rest because at that point we were just like nonstop. I mean, for we were up for like 36 hours. Um, she was up all night. And it was just like really ramping up and she was just exhausted. And so I think that one round of painkillers kind of just like gave her a chance to just like chill out. And like I think she slept for like 30 minutes or something. And it only lasts for 30 minutes. Uh, but then once that kind of wore off, then uh, she was like, oh, okay, I, I feel like the the urge to push. I feel like the need to push. And then that's when all the doctors come in. And Emily's mom was actually a big part of um, Aesop's birth, which is really special because she's not going to be a part of this one, sadly. Uh, but yeah, at that time, all of the nurses and the doctor comes in and then <laughs> Emily's getting ready to push. And then some random nurse comes in and was like, so really quick, we have a few students that want to know if they can like sit in on the, and Emily's like, no, like get out of here. But that's what you get for birthing at a, a university hospital. Uh, and then, so yeah, Emily started pushing and it was like, probably like 45 minutes of pushing and holy shit. That's just the weird to anyone out there that has not witnessed childbirth or gone through it. It is so out of this world and spectacularly miraculous and just like bizarre and so foreign, uh, for your, I mean, I guess for your first time, I, I guess we know a little bit more like what we're getting into this time around. But the first time, it's just like, what the F is going on? Like, how is this happening? How is that going to work? And then it's just like, you start to see the head coming out and like, I, but this is so weird. And then the head comes out and the rest of it comes out and it's just like, what? Um, but yeah, and then just seeing Aesop take his first breath, right? I mean, because at that point, they're not, once their skin um, gets introduced to oxygen for the first time, or their, their like lungs and stuff, that's when they start to like kick in. That's when their lungs kick in. And so you literally watch them like, <laughs> take their first breath and then they start crying and then you start crying and it's just such an unbelievable moment. Um, 10 out of 10 experience. Highly recommend. 
but yeah, that'll that'll change your life. So yeah, I just started like crying, and it was just such an amazing moment. Um. Yeah, I think in the moment, so like at UNM, you know, they make you stay. There, so there's there's good things and bad things about being at the hospital. Uh, we sort of were going into it with the mindset, with the Darlu's mindset, which is you can go home after four hours at Darlu's. Um, like if everything's good, if the baby's looking good, mom's recovering well, like things are fine, then four hours later you can go. Um, you can stay up to 12 hours if you want, but we were kind of, you know, we kind of had that expectation going in, but at the hospital, you are playing by their terms. Uh, you are entering into that system and they will release you when you are ready or when they deem you are ready. So that was kind of really, that was, that was difficult for me. Um, because they kept us there for like three days and you're just like trapped in this room well okay luckily i had the freedom also it was covid though right like peak COVID. so emily had to like push with a mask on anyway yeah so it was like peak coat i don't know if it was peak but it was covid times and so um own like i could leave if I really needed to, which I just said I really needed to, uh, to like go get food, go get whatever snacks or whatever. Oh, also the hospital food is just absolute atrocious shit. It's so embarrassingly bad. It sucks. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit of a food critic myself. Uh, would not recommend <laughs> hospital food. It's, a, it's an atrocity. Uh okay. Um so yeah, we ha so Aesop had a little bit of jaundice, which also I had as a kid. Um I mean, not a big deal, right? I guess to my uneducated <laughs> brain. But uh so they had to keep him and do like blue light therapy for like 24 to 48 hours and then uh, they they had to have like an ankle monitor on ASOP. Um, and then there's like a couple times where like the monitor got loose or like wasn't reading right. And then security barges in. They're like, we need eyes on the baby. Like, it's like, what the hell is going on at UNMH where you have to put ankle monitors on these babies? Like, I don't want to know. Honestly, there's probably some very sad situations out there. Um, but yeah, we ended up like having to stay for just a really long time. I was kind of going stir crazy and then finally, 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 oh my goodness, they released, uh, released us and we could go outside. Oh my God. We hadn't <laughs> been outside for like three days. Um, and then we, yeah, got them all buckled into the car. We listened to good days by SZA on our way home and yeah the drive home with your new baby is that's a that's a good moment that's a good memory okay that's the birth story of Aesop um all right so 
shit's about to get real probably um, within the next probably 24 to 72 hours. Uh, so, yeah, the due date's in two days. Uh, but like I said earlier, things are progressing. Stuff's starting to happen. And so I'd like to be back next week, but probably not. Maybe I will. I hope I hope to be. Um but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force it. Like if it's not gonna happen, that's fine. Okay. What else? Um I'm gonna wrap up. I'm done. Any other housekeeping things? New intro, right? What'd you think of that? Looks pretty good. Whipped that bad boy together in a few minutes. Um Yes, I got a new ring light that's currently surrounding my camera. It's like one of those selfie ring lights. I don't even know if it's doing anything, honestly. Uh, okay. All right. Well, everyone, I wish you well. And wish us well. Uh, it's going to be quite an adjustment over the next few days. And, oh my goodness, we just hope everything goes smoothly, right? That's literally all we want. That's all we could ask for. It's just like a healthy baby at the end of it and a healthy mama. All right, everybody. This is the Peacekeeper Podcast. I think this is like the eighth episode or the ninth episode. I think it's nine. Yeah. All right, until next time, until we meet again, goodbye.